so the whole week has been follow-ups to the Abe story. So Abe was, if you listen to News News Japan last week, uh, Abe was assassinated. We got some details. Of course, the man's been arrested now. We're getting more details as to sort of the motivations, which was sort of the big question as to why this was this happened. Uh, the materials for the gun, of course, he made the gun. There's very strict gun laws in Japan. So, of course, you couldn't just go buy a gun to go assassinate someone with. He built it himself. He learned how to do it on the internet. Uh, he also ordered all the materials for the gun online. But it was primarily just pipes and cords and duct tape. So they're making it seem like the internet is the dangerous thing here, but you're talking about everything that could be bought at a hardware store anywhere in the world. It has nothing to do with just Japan. So unless they're about to get some sort of crackdown on pipes and cord and duct tape, which actually Japan being the country it is, it may consider something like that. Uh, it is possible. Uh, the shooter, maybe the more interesting part, mot- motivation-wise, was he wanted to kill the leader of the Unification Church. So it turns out the Unification Church had manipulated his mother into having her donate, in total, over the course of years, 100 million yen. So that's a lot of money, basically bankrupting the family. Uh but because of coronavirus, the leaders of the Unification Church stopped coming to Japan. The shooter found a video of Abe giving a speech online, talking about the Unification Church. So there seemed to be some sort of political ties between the Unification Church and Japan. So this is maybe where it started to come. Abe's grandfather, who was also a prime minister, so I didn't know that, so Abe's, Abe's comes from sort of a political family. Abe's grandfather who was a prime minister. He's the one who invited the Unification Church to come to Japan and sort of set up shop. So you can see the connection. It's still pretty conspiracy theory, though. So there's the donations. The church has manipulated his mother. The prime minister's grandfather is the one who brought these people into Japan as a country so they could function within the country. Then he sees a speech from Abe, it's actually old, saying, you know, that Unification Church has done good work. So this is one of the reasons Abe became a target. When the shooter was going around the area where Abe was giving the speech, Abe still wasn't the primary target. He wanted to find a Unification Church leader who was supposed to be there who didn't show up. So then Abe became a target of opportunity, but a lot of the explanation still seems pretty circumstantial. So the guy was looking to just express his anger in some way by killing someone. Um, They just had to have the most tenuous connection to the Unification Church. So the Unification Church has come to the forefront of this story now. So a lot of former people who are in it are talking how manipulative it is. Uh, There's a story of a woman, she got like forcibly married, and then when the guy beat her up, she said, I want a divorce, but the the church doesn't look at divorce, doesn't accept divorce. Uh, Then he beat her up in front of her mother and the mother said no you got to get divorced then they married her to another man who took her to korea and then treated her like garbage there so you can see like this is all pretty shady the church claims that it gave back 50 million yen to the shooter's mother so she donated 100 million we gave 50 million back but there are no records they can't find out how much she donated or when but they are absolutely sure that they gave some of the money back so that seems pretty uh, the unification church denies most of the accusations that are coming out around it now and i think there's gonna be a lot more so 
hate to say it, but he's kind of successful. He's 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 brought the name of the Unification Church to the forefront by killing Abe. I don't think he needed to go that far to do it. I think he could have just come out and made these accusations properly. But there you go. The security detail. This is the focus of most of the news this week is where did the security detail fail? So you have a politician, he's standing in front of a small crowd and he's giving a speech. And then behind him was a road and on the road were cars and bicycles. So the security detail primarily, this included uh, Abe security detail and the police were focused on the crowd in front, which sort of makes sense. Like that's where all the people were. So that's where the threat is going to be. Behind were bikes and cars. The security behind Abe was actually focused on them. It's focused like the cars going by, bicycles going by. So much so that they claim they didn't notice an individual sort of slowly making his way up towards Abe. That's, again, that's what a threat is. The guy, the lone man walking up in a place he's not supposed to be should actually be the person you're paying most attention to. They were, like, worried, I guess, about someone driving by and shooting or someone riding a bicycle and throwing something. So that's where their focus was, and that's why they didn't see the guy. So there seems to be a lot of failures. This is going to, of course, have some fallout within that group and the police. The question is, what are they going to do? Are they going to actually up security? Japanese politicians giving speeches, like, right in front of people, like, literally within arm's reach of other people. Is that something that's going to continue? Be This is going to have an impact on Japanese politics in the way it's run right now. And it's too bad, actually. Because a politician being able to get down in and among the people is a nice idea. And being safe about it. Like, they're not threatened by people. They're not worried about being assassinated or killed. That's now gone. Which is too bad. Because, again, I'm not that steeped in Japanese politics because I'm allowed to vote. But, you know... Being able to get that direct connection is important for a politician. It's important for the people. I mean, the world changed. The Japanese world, anyways. The Japanese world changed that day. And, yeah, it's, it's, I'm interested to see where it goes now. So what's going to happen to the Unification Church in Japan? Are more people going to come forward and sort of like make claims? Uh, what's going to happen to Japanese politics and the way they interact with the sort of every person on the street? Now, one of the things that uh, came up right away was copycat crimes. So the police are now worried about copycat crimes. But more so than that is in Japan, it seems like whenever there's something that's a threat, people will vocalize that threat instinctively. My point was building a gun yourself is difficult. So that's going to actually inhibit a lot of the copycat crimes. But whenever something becomes a threat in Japan, people use that as a threat to vocalize towards other people. So there was the arson incident about three years ago where a man walked into an animation studio and he set the place on fire and then a lot of people started saying like I'm going to come there and set your building on fire and then coronavirus people said like I have coronavirus I'm going to cough on you and attack you with it so of course days later um, a 34 year old man posted on a school's website I will commit indiscriminate murder with a shotgun and this was aimed at sort of high school kids uh, there were three posts over the last month all threatening, but the tone, of course, changed significantly when he said specifically, I will use a shotgun, when the shotgun had been in the news a couple days earlier. Uh, before that, he said, I will set the high school hedges on fire. And 
him posting publicly online meant it wasn't that hard to actually find him. So they found him and he's been arrested for obstruction of business. So threatening people who work at a place is falls under the obstruction of business law, which is the all-encompassing you've been bad law in Japan, which I'm now, I should actually, I was thinking I should start keeping track of what people get arrested for under this law because, and then see what the most extreme cases are like the most, like, because this is a guy making online threats. You think online threats threats is what he would get arrested for. No, obstruction of business. There was a guy who was pooping in the like stairwell of a building. Uh, you think that would be vandalism. No, obstruction of business. So like obstruction of business is just, yeah, you've been bad. We're going to arrest you. You're going to get in trouble. Uh, but we don't have a specific law on the books because we don't need one because we have obstruction of business. A construction company executive uh, was having an argument with a coworker acquaintance um, and decided that the resolution to this argument would be to stab him with a sword. So it's weird that people have swords, but they do. Like they're still decorative most of the time, but then that doesn't mean people have them around. You do have to have a license for it. There is a, like sword control is a real thing in Japan. You do actually have to register your sword if it's sharp. The only reason, so the guy didn't die. So that's why we're able to talk about it. It's just the way the guy tried to defend himself. So he was arrested and he said uh, it was the just the tip defense. So he stabbed him while trying to hit his stomach with the tip. So he made it sound like he wanted to just sort of poke him with the sword, but accidentally stabbed him all the way to the liver. The puncture went all the way to his liver. So you know that is not just a, a gentle just the tip situation. Um, I mean, that's all there is to say. I don't think the it was just the tip defense works in either case where it could be applicable uh, and this man is going to get in trouble for attempted murder. About three weeks ago, it was two, three, maybe even four weeks ago, over those weeks, talked about how Russia was flying airplanes around Japan, bombers and stuff, and then uh, they sent boats around Japan and then China sent boats around Japan. So there's been a lot of like, again, this is posturing. This is threatening posturing by countries. Japan and the U.S. decided to have sort of a shout back. I don't know what you'd call it. Um, a, a little show of their own. A large scale joint operation involving 52 planes that flew around Japan. So they didn't even go close to like uh, Russian or Chinese airspace, but because Russian and Chinese boats and airplanes are coming into sort of close to Japanese airspace or or waters, it meant that just by having them up there, it was actually kind of a counter threat. So there were 20 ASDF, so that's uh, Air Self-Defense Force fighters and jets and fighter jets. I don't know what the difference between a fighter and a fighter jet is. I, I, I assume they're not using prop planes anymore, but they might be, 29 fighters and two warplanes from the United States. I don't know what a warplane is, but it sounds like a really big science fiction-y plane. And then a Navy patrol plane that was coordinating the whole group. So these 52 planes just flew around Japan for a while. And of course, China was like, hey, you guys shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be posturing like that, which is a really weird response. But of course, it's from the people who basically set the precedent in the first place. So way to go, guys. Um, it's scary though, because I'm still waiting. What what's what I'm concerned about most is an accident. So 
there's Russian planes and then the American Japanese planes are flying around and they fly too close to each other and then they just hit each other I'm not saying shoot at each other but they just hit each other and there's an accident because one won't they won't back off or they play a game of chicken really or some boats and stuff they fly too too close to the boats and someone gets it like and then pulls a trigger that's how wars start so I would really like it if everyone would just take a minute and you know go to the hot spring take a bath In Saitama, uh, there's a luxury train called the Romance Car, which is very nice. It goes from Tokyo to Hakone. It's a luxury train. So you're not designed to get there quick. You're designed to get there in comfort. And you, you sort of, it goes around Mount Fuji and takes sort of a more uh, scenic view of Japan. So you're, you're riding that for the enjoyment of riding the train, not necessarily to get somewhere quickly. There's a man who wasn't happy with the service. So he was on the Romance Car. And some other people were drunk and his complaint was the staff didn't come and stop them and then he also said he was frustrated with work and he didn't like the conductors of the train so when you get that many complaints kind of in line it makes me think like maybe he's just unhappy is actually the case but he decided to go home and he's like you know what i'm going to do i'm going to do the false reservation so we actually had this story previously where uh, stadiums people were making they have they have to make a reservation. You don't actually have to pay any money, and basically, if you don't show up, those tickets get released. But by then, if you've booked fifty thousand tickets, fifty thousand people aren't going to show up at the door. So the venue loses all that money, or the artist, whoever. People lose money if these reservations get made and don't get don't get fulfilled. Over a few months, this man reserved nine thousand three hundred and thirteen seats on the romance car so that other people couldn't. And this was his version of revenge. Uh, he's been, from March to November last year, he reserved them with no intent to buy, but because he had no intent to buy, that's actually obstruction of business, and he's therefore under arrest. Um, I'm trying to find out what the, pa- pa- the, the, I'm trying to find out what the punishment is for this, because I think it would be great if they made him pay for the tickets. So he had to pay for 9,313 tickets, but I bet that's way more than the fine for, you know, attempted murder or something like that. So it does have to be in scale, but it's like one of those things, like if you intend to block 9,000 tickets and then you suddenly have to pay for 9,000 tickets, I mean, that's, that's pretty poetic justice. All right, one more story. It's a short one today because I've been really busy. I went to get my international driver's license because next month I will be going to Canada. That actually means next month there may only be one or two Ninja News Japans or C. McBees in the month because I will not be around a computer. I will be out doing family things and and, uh, expanding my daughter's mental borders and trying to make the world a bigger, brighter place for her, which is good, except they've got more coronavirus in Canada than do here, so I'm actually terrified, but, you know, had to go to the, the DMV and get it. It's weird. You just pay them 3,000 yen. They give you this little booklet. It seems like you should just be able to mail that in, but that's whatever. Don't want to obstruct any business. I haven't done a panty theft story for a long time, and that maybe it's because it's winter, but the panties are out. So the panty thieves are out. Uh, a 40, But my thing for the last while was all the creepiest, dirty stuff was done by people over 50. This was a 41-year-old man, so he doesn't fit the profile that I've created. He stole panties from balconies and there were five reports in the area and so there were the they checked the street cameras and then of course they found him quite easily it's actually not hard to find and then he was arrested he he admitted i get a thrill out of collecting women's underwear 
So when the police searched his apartment, they found 200 pairs in the apartment. So those are the ones he kept. So I would actually say that is probably over the course of whatever amount of time he's been stealing. It's actually exponential because he's probably gotten rid of a bunch. But here's Ninja News Japan. We're going back to giving advice to criminals is don't keep the incriminating evidence because instead of having one count of panty theft that they can prove because he has that pair of panties, they now have 201 counts because they have the one they caught him with and the 200 counts uh, of having women's panties in his apartment, which were all obviously stolen. Or just don't steal women's panties, I guess is the alternative, but I guess that doesn't work for anybody. (laughs) 